It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customers. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington. Broadcasting from the Eagle Broadcasting Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. To the Top Talk, your weekly break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda. And boy, did we have some High high Resource 5 propaganda this past weekend. But before we get into all that, I've got a guest in the studio with me here today from the student prince from the Hattiesburg American. We call him Squints. Trevor Ritchie is in the house. Greetings and salutations. Oh, you cloud. I love it. I love it. Shade is being thrown. Uh, Jason Bailey hopefully will join us on the phone in a little bit, but he is doing. He's away on a work conference. So I don't really get involved in that, but he's supposed to join us in a little bit. Um, before we get into all the Southern Miss news from the past week and this coming week, last night Golden Glove winners were announced, and Brian Dozier, former Southern Miss infielder slash second baseman. Gold Glove winner, 2017. How about that? You gotta love it. I'm I'm not fond of the Twins being a Cleveland Indians fan, but you gotta love that Southern Miss alum getting the Gold Glove. He's a class act, so nothing but love there. I loved Jim Cole's tweet. If you guys don't follow him on Twitter, you should. You should. But it was what was it was about? It was about like gold medals and it had a picture of Tory, gold jackets, and now gold gloves. It was pretty cool. So yeah, really, really excited for Brian Dozier. He's kind of gotten snubbed. A few times with the All Star Game, so it's it's good to see him get the re- recognition that he deserves. It's been kind of tough to get it in, in Minnesota too, although they did play a little bit better this season. They played a lot better this season. The improvement was great to see. He was a he was a integral part of that, so it was an awesome season for them. Now you can't really you know look back, but the, all the talk last off season was him going to the Dodgers. Can you imagine? What that would have been like had he been in Los Angeles this year? That would have been ridiculous. I don't think it changes that uh, that Kershaw stigma. Late in the playoffs, but um, they would have they would have had an intense team this season had they added Do- Dozier in the in the off season. So this past weekend, Southern Miss took on the University of Tennessee. We're going to get into all that. Golden Eagles falling twenty four to ten to the Vols. This coming week, we're taking on the Rice Owls. Hashtag Beatrice beat Rice. <laughs> if you do the math on that, <laughs> um, Golden Eagles have. Just a handful of games left. We play at Rice, then we come home to take on Charlotte, and then we go to Marshall. With And just to talk about the conference race for a second, North Texas pulling out the victory over the weekend um, over Louisiana Tech. It kind of looks like it's gonna. they're going to have to really fall flat on their face not to win the West. Louisiana Tech, you know, that kind of knocks them out. But UNT is taking on what? UTEP. And I have to look at the schedule. But they, the, who are they playing this weekend? UTEP. But it's going to be pretty hard for North Texas to, to fall on their face. In this, it's UTEP at North Texas. UTEP at North Texas. There you go. And the last one, I'm going to have to look this up. You're talking about the last game they played? No, the last game. The game they've got coming up. Oh, I think I got it. At Rice. There you go. So they, so pretty much UTEP and Rice would have to be, defeat them for them not to win the West. 
that's a pretty tall order. So go- goals for the Golden Eagles kind of have to be refocused. Um, you know, at this point, we're just playing for a bowl game, having a winning season, finishing on a strong note. There's a lot we can build on. There's a lot the Golden Eagles are going to have to work on in the offseason. But we got to win at least these next two games. The one in Marshall, I think, is probably going to be a toss-up at this point. But you can't fall on your face to, against Rice. Um, and you, you certainly can't fall on your face against Charlotte like the Blazers did. I'm not going to say, like, reset reset the goals because I think the goal all season has been a one-week mindset, just win every game. Absolutely. So it's not even – if your goal is to still win the conference, then all you can do is win every game from here on out, and then what's going to happen is going to happen on the other end with these other teams. So I think the goal stays the same. you got to win every week. I agree with you. You can't fall on your face or rise. You can't fall at all the rest of the season if you, if your goal remains the same. So you just got to go week by week and uh, have a short memory. So we're going to recap the debacle at Tennessee, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, upcoming game against the Rice Owls, and we'll talk a little Southern Miss basketball as well. So we're going to take a break right now, but when we come back, Southern Miss versus UT, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk the refs. We're going to talk about the mistakes, the penalties, all this, that, and the other. To the top, you guys, come right back to us. We are back. Welcome back to To The Top Talk, you guys. Jamie Arrington here in studio with Trevor Ritchie. Joining us via the telephone lines, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. What's going on, dude? What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Flint? Nothing much, man. How are you? Man, you sound, you sound way too enthused, Flint. You need to tone it down just a little bit. Why? All right, Jason. I'm just kidding, man. What's cracking, guys? Jason's hitting the bottle, having a good time over where. I tell you what. I tell you what. Last night was last night was uh, those last couple of shots were a bad idea, but you know I made it through it, Jamie. You know why? Because I'm a warrior. That's why. You sound like it. You sound like you're a straight up yeah. warrior right now. Well, huh. we're we're talking Southern Miss versus Tennessee this past weekend. Um, I don't really know. If this game should count, in my opinion, uh, the right. Golden Eagles fall twenty-four to ten. What uh, I know, you got some stuff to say about it. What are your thoughts on the Tennessee game? Uh, well, you know, and for a conspiracy theorist like me, uh, that game didn't do anything to uh, to change my change, uh, my uh, my my thinking on that at all. Um, in my opinion, that game was decided uh, before it was even teed up. What do you guys think? You know, it's it certainly looked biased for Tennessee not to have a penalty called on them into the fourth quarter. And, you know, it's one of those things where just look at the photos from the game. You can go back and, and, and watch the recap. You can see holding in just about every picture. You know, I was sitting there watching it going like, surely they're going to call a flag at some point because it was so blatant um, on offense and defense. But it never happened. You never want to blame the referees. But I've never seen it. I haven't seen it that bad against Southern Miss, that biased. And, and we shot ourselves in the foot a couple of times. Yeah, a lot of those you could have called a penalty on. But it just needs to be called fair across the board. In no way am I saying that we played well enough offensively to win the football game. But uh, we were not allowed to win that football game. And that's, I mean, it was clearly uh, just completely biased officiating. Um, 
you know, it almost it beat, I think, even like the sprinklers on the field at Alabama, the uh, power going out, the uh, phantom flag that was covered up by turf. You know, all these things contribute, like I was saying, to my conspiracy theory. Um, but, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I think their first penalty was at the 11-minute mark or something like that in the fourth quarter. And let's not kid ourselves. This is not the kind of team that is just so disciplined that they don't have a single flag until the end of the game, basically. Right. Well, and it, it got, uh, it, the tone was set when they didn't call targeting there right. in the first oh, quarter. If that happens in the NFL, if that happens against Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, anybody like that, uh, it's not only a personal foul instantly, it's an ejection, probably a hefty fine, and a suspension. Well, and, this, it, and, and, don't, and don't forget, this wasn't even flagged. This was, I guess they were buzzed down from the booth to take a look at it. They did, and they determined that after a replay, <laughs> it wasn't targeting. And, you know, and then the leaping call later on, but goodness gracious. It, 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 let me ask you this. Would you rather us have played a fair fight and lost on a last-second field goal or lost this way where I kind of just I got over it immediately because I think it was decided before the game started? I would probably be... Um, you know, it was tough being really disappointed the other night. I mean, you're disappointed that we didn't win, that we didn't play better on offense, but it was just kind of like the guys were in a situation where it clearly wasn't going to go their way. And, you know, I know some people say, oh, well, fans speak, you know, you really can't blame the, you know, you can't blame the officials. But it was, I mean, if you watch it, it was as blatant as, as I've, I've seen in my lifetime. Well, we have – I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, to play devil's advocate, it was still a winnable game. I think a couple of the penalties that hurt that were actually our fault were on uh, punt returns where the blocks were just bad, and that sets up uh, the field position uh, worse than what it would have been. Um, just to address the targeting call, the, he was waving goodbye to the crowd. So he admit he admitted to targeting. Oh, yeah. So just to throw that out there. But uh, the two turnovers that Keon had, I believe it was two turnovers, they both led to points, if I'm not mistaken. You give the Tennessee a short field twice – if you don't do that, that takes away 14 points. If you take away what was obviously a horrid call on the uh, the field goal try that turned into a touchdown, I mean, you you take away a lot of points. So even with those penalties, the only one that really kind of changed the game a lot to me that, that I can say uh, made it an unwinnable game was that field goal call. Because like I said, oh, once again, if you don't turn the ball over and give them that short field, which is something Dawson touched on uh, Monday, then, then you take away a lot of points, and, and the game's in a completely different place at that at that point. Oh, I agree. And then you know, we certainly we certainly did our part to get those turnovers. I, I think the discrepancies were just on it being called both ways. Definitely. Um, How many yards did we surrender to Tennessee? One hundred and twenty. Well, total yards two hundred. Oh, I thought he meant penalties. It's two hundred and ten, and that is the best showing a Southern Miss defense has had since two thousand and eight. Look at How step- many of those yards? I don't know if you have this. How many of those yards were immediately after a drive extending penalty call? If I had to guess, I'd probably say half of them. So, in essence, we held Tennessee, even if we highball it, not counting the penalty, we held Tennessee to 160 total yards. I would go with that. I, I think that's a fair. That's a fair number. Yeah. Which is just, just. I mean, and, and yes, Keon, Keon had a bad one. He had a bad game. That was bad, Keon. Uh, I just don't think it mattered if we had good Keon. <laughs> because you know, I, I just don't think it was it was gonna it was going to. Uh, I just don't think it was gonna matter. And, and you know, Jamie, I tweeted it or I texted you earlier. 
an article that my, my sister, of all people, texted me um, where I found out that it is not unprecedented for officials to be reprimanded, suspended, and basically called out. Um, it, it happened in, what was the game, the Southern of Baton Rouge versus somebody else game in the SWAC? Yeah, it was Southern, maybe Prairie View? Yeah. So, I mean, this, this happens. There's somebody that goes and grades these guys. Um, and I like to think of if that's your job, uh, if your job is to grade officials based on replays or live, however they do it, then this one would have to be looked at. And I don't expect anything to come back like they said again to count or anything like that. I just kind of want somebody to recognize that we got hope. Yeah. Yeah, Honestly. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but like we said, the defense played a great game. One thing I was disappointed in is is my prediction uh, fell finally fell flat. Uh, Corey Robertson, yeah. eight receptions, 122 yards, no touchdowns. He was scheduled to score at least once in this game, and it didn't happen. So he did have the, his 70 yard reception was a career long, and it did set up the first points of the game. So just going to give him some credit there. I know the theory oh, yeah. kind of got bumped, but the theory got bumped. I mean, hopefully he'll make up for it and get it the next two, three weeks, four next four games in a row. If that, he could do that, I'd be fine with that. Also, that 70-yard pass was the longest pass play surrendered by the Volunteers, who started that day number one in the country in pass defense. So that's kind of a mark to be proud of. Well, and, you know, that was, what you say, 70 yards? 70 yard. Career-long 70-yard reception. That's what I had in my notes. He, he's a good one. I, 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 uh, I look forward – I think he's a guy that can play at the next level, so I really look forward to seeing what – what comes? Hopefully, it sticks around next year, and, and we can see more of it. But uh, a great talent on the defensive. Hey, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, so the defensive side of the ball. You know, like you said, allowing 210 yards. Uh, Allen Fails got his first sack of the year. Um, you know, he teamed up with Jack Jacquez Turner on that one. Uh, Jacquez Turner had one and a half sacks, giving him four total on the year. Tennessee just had you know 14 first downs. And that's the third time in four games the Golden Eagles have allowed 15 or fewer first downs. The Volunteers also had 115 yards through the air. This is this is a defense playing without Cornell Armstrong. And the Volunteers had 115 yards through the air, which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah well, it speaks to the depth, you know. I mean, we've talked about it on the show before. We talked about how Hobson and everybody that would, that, that would do any kind of interview on the coaching side uh, just kept mentioning speed and depth. You know, and, and, we're, and we're seeing it come to play. We, we saw it when Ito went out, um, and then and then we saw it when we, we're seeing it now with, with Cornell out. So, and Sherrod Ruff also. So, yeah, depth all around. And every, and all the players that we mentioned just about are kind of coming back next year, you know, that are, that are taking the place. So, people like, is, is Turner a uh, redshirt freshman or true freshman? Redshirt. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a guy that you say is leading our team in sacks. Got four sacks on the year. I mean, he's yeah. And, and Corey Robertson's coming back next year. I mean, the future. I know we're still in this year, but man, Picasso. It's really exciting. Oh goodness, forgot you know, about him. You'll have an, right. you'll you'll have at least one more arm in the competition for quarterback. So I, I mean, I'm I, the future's bright. There's a lot of good young talent here. But you know, that being said, we've got three games left, and we got three very winnable games. The next two, I definitely think we should roll and you know go back to our preseason prediction being somewhere between six and six and eight and four. It looks like it's going to be either seven and five or eight and four. You can't get ahead of yourself, mm-hmm. but you know it would take something catastrophic not to at least finish the regular season seven and five. Charlotte and Rice, hashtag Beatrice, uh, are are W. 
They just are. They're W's. I'm not saying it's impossible to lose, but it's impossible to lose. So those are W's, and then Marshall's kind of up in the air, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I was looking at some of the stats. Uh, I found this new website that I didn't really get to tinker with as much this week, but you know, kind of checking out some of the matchups. And the Southern Miss defense, uh, especially up front, matches up extremely well in this game against Rice this weekend. So I fully expect the Golden Eagle defensive line to dominate. And, you know, if if Quadre was named the starter that earlier this week, wasn't he, Squints? He was confirmed. Uh, of course, Hobson with Coach Speak said that he would still evaluate that situation. But he's a, Quadre's 100% healthy. The cast is off. He's been practicing full, full force. So that's what it looks like. You know, with that being the case, you know, I know we got some guys banged up. We have some potential injuries on the offensive line. And, you know, I think Cornell came back to practice this week, so it'll be good to have him back in the mix. we got a couple minutes left in this segment, Jason. You ran a little contest this week. How'd that yeah. play out? You know, uh, I'm not going to be able to go to the basketball game Friday because I'm going to Cowboy Mouth. I hope everybody comes out and joins me at Brewski. Shameless plug. But – yeah, I ran a contest because I wanted to have somebody to enjoy the basketball game and enjoy my ticket. So uh, I said, uh, just tweet out your, your best fake J-Hop. And I didn't think I was going to get any response whatsoever, but I did. I got a bunch. And um, and they were all hilarious. Special thanks to all that submitted entries. You guys are absolutely hilarious. Uh, you make my day better. You make the show better. Um and just off the top of my head, I remember Ryan Worsham tweeted at me, Brennan Hancock, Daniel Locke. Uh, and then the big winner um, that I went with was Robert Wiley. Robert Wiley, at Robert underscore Riley, tweeted at me. The reality is... Hey, you got to read it in the right voice, dude. Try, try that again. Oh, good. All right. Uh, the reality is we couldn't jump straight up. They. Oh, sorry. The reality is we shouldn't jump straight up. They should jump like ninjas, so they are invisible. You know what I'm saying? And that was the worst fake J of all time. <laughs> it was good. But 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 that got it. Uh, maybe the shots last night and the lack of sleep is helping out my deep voice. But uh, and I have to give an honorable mention tweet if I got enough time. Uh, second place tweet. I, I'm going to give it to Brennan Hancock. Brennan went with a Hobson haiku. So the Hobson haiku. Here it goes. Reality is, if we want to win, we must. Score more points than them. <laughs> five seven five checks out. He's at Brennan underscore Hancock, and there are several more entries. And you know, I haven't got enough time to read them all off. And I'm on my phone, so I can't look at Twitter. But those are the ones that kind of made the uh, they were the pick of the litter, I guess. And 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 Robert, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put him a will call. So if you're listening to this, I'll tweet it out later. But uh, if you're listening to the show now or on the podcast. Uh, I will drop the tickets off at Will Call before the game. If for whatever reason you can't make it, let me know. Send me a message, and I will uh, just leave them there for whoever wants to come get them, I guess. We're going to talk basketball later in the show. we got about a minute left, Jason, but uh, I know you're a huge Southern Miss basketball fan. Any thoughts on this upcoming season? Um, well, uh, there's nowhere to go but up. Um, I still think, Squints would know more about this than the practice, but I still think that Cortez Edwards is probably the best player on the on the uh, on the team, I think Ladarius uh, Drain is going to be a key addition. I don't know if he's going to average thirty-four points like he did in high school, but I think he's going to get the opportunity to play. I understand that Tim Rowe might need to shed a few pounds, uh, but he could, hopefully can be a force in the middle with tutelage of one Clarence Weatherspoon 
And maybe this is the year where Doc puts it together and gets people like us off his back. Because all we want to do is be able to go to RGC and cheer and scream and go crazy like we did in the Eustachy and the Tyndall days. Am I right? I, I, I can't argue with that. That place rocks. That place rocks and rolls. I don't know what it is about the acoustics in there, but it's crazy when it's filled. Um, so the last couple of years, it's been like me and 75 of my closest friends. Um, but it wasn't that long ago. We're, we're, we're packing it out, six, 7,000. It's just absolute insanity. It's like our own version of Cameron Indoor, honestly. It really is. Well, dude, the place is rocking, so dude, hopefully we can get back to that. Dude, be safe over there in Louisiana, and we'll have you back in studio next week. You guys give Jason some love on Twitter, man. We'll talk to you soon, dude. Hashtag Beatrice. Hashtag Beatrice. All right, you guys, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, preview Southern Miss versus the Rice Owls right here on To The Top. Talk. Welcome back to To The Top Talk, your weekly break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. All right, Trevor Ritchie from the Student Prince here in studio. we got a game coming up this weekend, the Golden Eagles. We'll be taking on the Rice Owls. That game kicking off 2.30 p.m. this Saturday. Southern Miss now 4-5 and five on the year, 3-2 and two in Conference USA. Rice, on the other hand, 1-8 overall and 1-4 and in Conference. So you would think this is a game that the Golden Eagles should have no trouble with. The Golden Eagles right now, 10.5-point favorites. Uh, the over-under is 49. So you do the math on where they think that's going to end up. <laughs> Just a little comparison. All right, Southern Miss, points per game, 25.4. Rice, 14, straight up. Points allowed per game, Southern Miss has given up 21.6. Rice giving up 36.9. So you have to think that the Golden Eagles should be able to roll this weekend. Total yards, Southern Miss Total yards per game for Southern Miss, 420.9. Rice, 332. Yards passing, Southern Miss, 252.2. Rice, 157.1. Yards rushing, Southern Miss, 168.7. Rice, 174.9. So they are putting up some rushing yards on the ground. That being said, uh, I was checking out the matchups between the uh, O-line, D-line, kind of like I did with Tennessee last week. Very, very favorable matchup for Southern Miss. Um, so you got to think the Golden Eagles, if they can get in there and stuff the run, should have no problem with this game. Yards allowed. Southern Miss only giving up 318.1 yards per game. Rice, 427. Kind of close to right where Southern Miss is averaging. Passing yards allowed. Southern Miss, 194 per game. Rice, 231. And rushing yards allowed. Southern Miss, 124.1. And Rice, 196. So, you know, with Quadre coming back, who, like I said before, I think Quadri has a higher floor. Keon has a higher ceiling. It's just a matter of, you know, what they're able to do with it. Southern Miss not turning the ball over. If we can get some push going up front, I think Golden Eagles should be able to have a balanced attack and do some damage in this game. Anything from those stats stick out to you, Squints? Um, I think, first of all, you touched on Quadre. I think he limits uh, turnovers more so than Keon, which should definitely help out. Um, just to put into context what you said, they average points per game. Uh, allowing uh, over the last five weeks, they gave up 52 to UAB, 42 to La Tech, 20 to UTSA, which is actually a decent performance, 49 to Army, and then 42 to Pitt. So they give up some points. Hopefully, 
the Southern Miss offense will be able to uh, gain some confidence. Uh, this is the eighth meeting between the two teams, dating back to 2007. Rice le- actually leads that series uh, four to three currently. Southern Miss has won the last two meetings. One thing that really stood out in the press conference Monday was Coach Peck saying that they they do a good job of utilizing their personnel despite you know what the uh, stats show. Uh, they run odd looks, uh, but there will be a good amount of work that goes into preparing for that. So that's definitely a factor. But from what the defense showed last week at Tennessee, I don't think it should be an issue on that side of the ball either. Their only win this year, a 31-14 to win over the UTEP Miners, who I don't think they've won a game yet this year. I don't think so either. So somebody's O had to go in week two. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. You see why this is should be a pretty favorable game for the Golden Eagles. Whether or not it is, hey, that's why we play the games. This is why we suit them up. This is why we get after it. So hopefully Southern Miss can can pull this one out. Um, bowl picture. I've seen several different projections that had the Golden Eagles going different places. You know, I think the the first bowl that pops up into everybody's mind is, is New Orleans because it's a very easy game to go to. It's a very fun game to go to, being on a Saturday, playing in the Superdome. Always a great time. Uh, of course, I've seen the Golden Eagles, you know, locked into the Independence Bowl and some of the projections. The most recent one had them playing Florida State. So whether or not that happens, I don't know. I don't. I guess that would be about a thirty, about a thirty-year absence from the Independence Bowl for Southern Miss. Wow, coming back to it, took on the UTEP Miners in that game. I guess thirty years ago. Wow, my math is correct. Before my uh, my. That was a little before your time, Trevor. A little before your time. Um, you know, Bahamas is a possibility. I don't really see us going to Dallas because I, I, I you would think that that's where they're going to send North Texas. Uh, you know, we, we traded with – we traded with um, – what's the Big the Big Ten, I believe, or the Big 12. We traded the Armed Forces Bowl for the Heart of Dallas Bowl, but it looks like now they're not going to fill that allotment for the Heart of Dallas Bowl. And I saw there was one projection that had us going there. So we win this week. We're in the mix for bowl season, and you can go ahead and start looking at the different options. No idea where it's going to be yet, but I think, to me, I'd, I'd like to go back to New Orleans. That's going to be my, always be my favorite, given our options, but would not mind a trip to the Independence Bowl either. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't want the, the Bahamas to happen just because you won't be able to go, you know what I mean? Right, right. But uh, No, definitely New Orleans. It's a great atmosphere. Like you said, great place to play. It's always a fun time in New Orleans um, for anyone that knows me. Knows that I love New Orleans, so I would have no complaints if that was to happen. Yeah, um, and for the listeners out there that, that don't follow Trevor, you should check him out on Twitter. Give him your Twitter handle. Richie TMR, that's R-I-T-C-H-I-E-T-M-R. He does some great work covering the New Orleans Pelicans if you're a Pelicans fan like I am. Um, great follow, always has great stats. Goes to the press conferences, loves to push buttons, whether it's the Southern Miss <laughs> coaches or the Pelican players. So be sure you follow him and check that out. Well, we still got a little bit of time in this segment. Let's go ahead and just start getting into it. Basketball. What are your thoughts on this Southern Miss basketball team? First game coming up Friday night. What do you think about the Golden Eagle basketball team? Um, hopefully, I think the game should be electric. There should be a good field op- feel opening the season. Obviously, uh, the depth isn't ideal. The guard quality and experience has taken a step forward. Uh, we, we just don't have the size that, that you would like between uh, Tim and Eddie. As Jason mentioned earlier, Tim Rowe is a little bit overweight, and Coach Sadler said he's down about 20 pounds and that he still needs to drop about 15. 
So that apparently that wasn't a great look when they started the season. They did get um, 10 extra days of practice in the foreign trip to the Bahamas. Uh, he's pleased with, uh, from what I heard, from what Sadler said, is that he's pleased with the way that the players that are going to have to stretch into the four or the five at times, just because I don't think Tim or Eddie can play much longer than maybe uh, you know, 10 to 12 minutes at a time, and they're going to have to take a breather. So you're going to have to stretch some players into that, definitely into the four spot, possibly into the five. But he said he's pleased with players that haven't done that before, picking up where they're supposed, uh, what they're supposed to do. Um, you're gonna you're gonna have to. It's gonna allow you to score more, which means you're gonna give up rebounding, and you're gonna have to uh, focus a little bit more in transition. Just something that you have to work on, and that's some a, a point where the guards have to put a focus on boxing out. And the uh, the practice I went to uh, maybe a week or two ago, they honestly didn't do a great job. They looked a little confused, which is understandable when some of these guys that haven't had to bang down in the paint a lot have to learn how to do that. It's going to be a man-to-man defense. They they don't have the size to play zone. Doc did say they're going to play zone at times more than they ever have. So uh, it's it's kind of you're going to it's going to be a progression throughout the season. And I think in any basketball season, no matter what the level is, there's a learning curve. Uh, it just depends on how long that I'm seeing that with the Pelicans. I'm sure we'll see that with Southern Miss basketball. So that you I you got to give them some time. I know uh, there's hot seats and hot takes regarding this team, but it's a learning process, especially with a new roster. And, you know, with the situation we've been in the past few years, you pretty much had close to a new roster each and every year. And even when you don't have a new roster, it seems to be like around conference season is about when the team starts to gel. So, you know, if they're going to gel, that's probably going to be about the time they're going to start getting it done. All right, so we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more Southern Miss basketball right here on the score 1400 AM and News Radio 98.1 FM in Hattiesburg. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington here in studio with Trevor Ritchie. We're talking Southern Miss basketball. Who are some of these players on the Southern Miss basketball team that kind of stick out to you a little bit? I'll go first with um, Tyree Griffin and Dominic McGee. They both kind of add some extra speed that the team needs, strength to the team that they need. They were both high school standouts in uh, the New Orleans area. McGee was ranked as high as, I think, number two in the state and a four-star recruit nationally. Uh, Griffin became a starter at Oklahoma State, where he transferred from. He was a starter there as a sophomore in 2015-2016. He had a career-high 12 assists at uh, Kansas during that time. He's played in the NCAA tournament, probably the most experienced player we have on the roster. Um, both both were phenomenal during the trip to the Bahamas. Uh, Doc Sadler says that Dominic is probably the most talented offensive player he's ever coached. So that's good to hear. Those are two guys I'm looking towards when you when you bring back, you know, Cortez and, and Kevin Holland. You're getting that leadership and that. So with that, those core really talented players, and then if you can work with those bigs and, and incorporate them into the game, well, it, I, there's some promising uh, players individually. It's just going to be a process of putting them all together on the court and making it work. 
And you know, you've got some guys coming back, but you've also got a lot of a lot of newcomers on the team. The only, there's only one senior on the roster, you know, according to the roster on the website, D'Angelo Richardson. So it's a good young team that hopefully they can can put some building blocks together to build for the future. Definitely. Uh, if you look at Ladavius Drain, uh, call him Drain. He's the lone freshman. He comes to Hattiesburg by way of Calhoun City, Mississippi. He was an incredible scorer there. He was a all-state performer. I think it says in my notes one game in his senior year he had 46 points at halftime, which is wow, incredible. Uh, he had he earned a good bit of minutes on that Bahamas trip. It looks like he's gonna he's gonna have a chance to become a, a decent part of, of the Southern Miss offense, and he definitely shows a lot of potential potential, uh, especially behind the three point line. Tell us a little bit about Rodney Gill. Yeah, I've known Rodney for the longest time. I went to Murphy High School in uh, Mobile, Alabama. He went to Theodore High School in the same area. I've seen him play since high school. Uh, saw him play. We went to uh, Faulkner State Community College together, what's now known as Coastal Alabama Community College. He was incredible. I remember at some point he was ranked uh, in the top 25 three-point percentage nationally on the JUCO level. Uh, then he went and played at Northeast. He earned all-state and all-conference honors. Uh, during his time at those, in, during his time in JUCO, he's an incredible three-point shooter. I know what he's capable of. It's just going to be a matter matter of what they see in him and and what they feel is the right amount of time to give him to give him more minutes and, and work his way through and up in this program. So uh, I definitely look forward to seeing him play. He's about six three guard play. Uh, I, you know, I have room to get on to him at times. He can get uh, lazy on defense, and that's something that he has to work on, especially. Um, coming up a level, an extra level, it's going to be tougher, and it's going to be more tough. And um, I look forward to it, man. I, I love the kid, uh, love watching him play, and I hope that the Southern Miss fans will as well. You know, one of the biggest problems or one of the biggest issues that we've had at Southern Miss, especially the past few years, has been size. And it, it you know, you mentioned earlier, our size kind of show up, showed up out of sta- uh, out of shape. So it may be another season where we're going to have to run small again. There's going to be times where you're going to have to run small, and that's where, like I said, there, there's certain guys that are going to have to learn how to play those stretch stretch positions. One guy I also wanted to touch on is Josh Conley. He's a he's listed as a six seven guard, which is probably an area where he's going to have to stretch out being six seven. Um, he only saw action in around 16 games last season. He averaged like five minutes a game. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over in his last 28 minutes that he played, so he's a pretty sound guy. Uh, you can see his athleticism. He's got kind of a, a, a tall, long, lanky build to him. So uh, guys like that are going to have to stretch. And like I said earlier, that's an area where Doc thinks the team is progressing well and those players are picking that up. So it, it's gonna you're going to have to work on it. It's, it's weird and it's hard when you've never done that as a team before or you've never done that as a player. But that, that's going to be an integral part of uh, this team's success. If, if they can't capitalize on on stretching out and and playing positions where they're not used to they're not going to do very well so they have to and that's something that hopefully I know they've been working on in practice and hopefully we see that come to fruition once the season starts what's it going to take for the Southern Miss Golden Eagle team to be successful this year you're gonna like I said earlier you're they're gonna score they have the talent to score they have the speed to score they're gonna run the floor Um, they're gonna get some guys hot hopefully if they're able to stretch the floor correctly they're going to be open, and guys like Drain and, and Rodney, if he gets minutes, and then the guys that you bring back, hopefully you see uh, the guys that are going to have the ball more be able to shoot better. And if if you can get to a point where Tim or Eddie Davis can 
help stretch the floor or maybe knock down some longer jumpers, it, it that's going to give you're going to score more, but you're going to give up that rebounding. You're going to have to get back in transition. So if you see where they're turning the ball over too much or they're giving up too many points in in transition, you're not going to win a basketball game. Not not with the size, the lack of size on the roster. The players are positive about the talent that talent wise they feel like they're more talented than they were they're more athletic they're more confident so you're just gonna have to ride on that real quick how do you see this season playing out for the golden eagles uh what they won nine games last season i think so they're, i think they're gonna they're gonna improve and that's what you have to do uh i know recruiting isn't the easiest thing and scholarships aren't the easiest thing to manage and and like we were talking off the air that when the roster changes so much You've got that learning curve, and, and you have to be ready by the time conference uh, comes around. I don't know what to expect. I haven't been around the team long enough, and I haven't studied uh, the past ways of the team and where the program's been. But I definitely think from what I saw last year that it will be an improvement. Good stuff. You guys can check out that Southern Miss Golden Eagle basketball team this Friday night, Reed Green Coliseum against Suno. All right, we got one more segment, guys. Come right back to us right here on To The Top Talk. Some Copperhead Road for you guys. Feel like we're at Ropers. All right. Let's shut it down. Special thanks to our guest this week, Trevor Ritchie. Trevor, what was that Twitter account again? That's Richie TMR, R-I-T-C-H-I-E-T-M-R. Cover just about all Southern Miss Athletics at times. You see the New Orleans Pelicans and, and, and some other some other different stuff. You're doing great stuff, man, and I'm trying to make the squints thing happen. So you guys just keep calling him squints. Hopefully it'll catch on, and and hopefully that's what he'll change his Twitter account to. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Next week we are going to be recapping Southern Miss's victory, fingers crossed, over the Rice Owls, as well as previewing the Charlotte game. Now the Charlotte game coming up. Next Saturday, going to be a great time. You guys come out to the Rock. It's going to be senior day. I mean, think about the seniors on this team. First off, Ito Smith. I mean, one of the greatest to ever put on the black and gold. So come here, support those guys. It's going to be a great time. Um, it's also Military Appreciation Day. So, you know, if you know anybody in the military, if you're in the military, check with the Southern Miss Ticket Department. They've got some some cool things going on online. Uh, they got a seats for seat for soldiers campaign if you want to donate tickets for that. Uh, a lot of cool things going off the ride. And that's for the the Charlotte game is military appreciation. Charlotte game is military appreciation the, game. The home game this Friday for men's basketball on the on the 10th is also military appreciation. Uh military personnel get one complimentary ticket with their military ID and additional tickets can be purchased at a discounted rate. So uh just wanted to throw that out for men's basketball as well. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So Southern Miss versus Charlotte, Saturday, November 18th. Game time is set for 2 p.m. Um they're also gonna have a flyover. Which is always cool. Always makes me nervous, but <laughs> it's always a good time. We got, gosh, it, it it seems like football season has flown by, man. How do you see these remaining games playing out? Uh, I, I, you just have to go with the game plan. You just have to look back at the last week, uh, 
see what little tweaks you have to make, then uh, you forget what happened past that point. You watch the film, you prepare, and that's all you can do. You got to take it week by week, win every game, and then, and then see where you sit at the end of the, end of the season. Count those poker chips up. Yeah, count the, we, uh, we don't count our poker chips until they're hatched. You know what I'm saying? That's, uh, <laughs> that's reality of it. Um, yeah, and it, you know, the game, although it kind of has fallen into where people predicted it would would happen, there's been some disappointments along the way, some opportunities that Southern Miss could have won. Um, we lost some games that we didn't think we'd lose in the preseason, and we won some games that we might not have thought we'd win in the preseason. And that's that's kind of the way Southern Miss football goes. Uh, but it seems like we're building a solid foundation. Um, you know, we only have 71 scholarship players this season, and you know the maximum's 85. It's going to take a couple years for Coach Hop to build that roster back up. And I think recruiting is going extremely well, so I expect more of the same um, when, when it comes to signing day. The signing day was today. I didn't get any notes on that, but uh, apparently the Golden Eagles had a couple of signees. Football signing day coming up in a few weeks. You know, We have the early signing day this year, which is something we haven't had in the past, so that should be very interesting. Trevor, any final thoughts for the Southern Miss fans out there? To the top. To the top, baby. All right, you guys, check us out iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Search for To The Top Talk. Check out the archives. We've got some incredible episodes out there. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss, To The Top. Talk.